Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. I'm Rex Nelson, senior editor of the Democrat Gazette, and just delighted to have today Judge Raymond Abramson of the Arkansas Court of Appeals, but... We're not going to talk anything legal today, Judge. <laughs> well, good. good. You, you don't want to know what opinions are coming out next yeah, week? No, we're probably, uh, <laughs> you're probably tired of talking about that anyway. We, we're going to talk Delta. You, of course, uh, a native son of Holly Grove, Arkansas, continue to maintain a home there after all of these years. Uh, you, you grew up in an era before we saw the extent of the population losses that we've seen now. You grew up in an era when cotton was still king in the Arkansas Delta. Talk a little bit, I'm just interested in hearing a little bit about the holly grove that you grew up in. Well, before I do that, thank you first for having me here. It's, oh, uh, I love talking Delta, it, as you know. It's an honor and a privilege to be in the same room with my friend Rex Nelson. Oh, well, thanks, and, Judge. And I appreciate that. And I also want to say that I love that Delta bluesy music that you play as a prelude to, to these interviews. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me feel so, at home. There you go. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, as, so. as you said, um, my family... Uh, came to Holly Grove in 1870. Wow. Uh, actually, um, my great-grandfather and great-granduncle, Rudolph Abramson and his brother Dave Abramson, actually uh, were riverboat denizens, and mm. they they uh, uh, plied the riverboat trade with their wares, uh, dry goods, uh, up and down the Mississippi and White River back in the uh, post-Civil War days, and then in 1870, they found paradise. They they uh, landed at Lawrenceville, Arkansas, which was the first county seat of Monroe County, mm-hmm. and liked it, and uh, de- debarked from the uh, ship they were on and uh, started a, a dry goods store there. Wow. And the family's been there ever since. Something happened, so uh, Maddox Bay, which is where Lawrenceville right. is, which I'm sure you're familiar with, a great uh, hunting and fishing area. Oh, it, in, it in, really in is. It's only about five miles south of what the present town of Holly Grove is. And that was part of the White River at the mm-hmm. time. And then sometime between 1865 and 1870, there was some uh, traumatic earth event, it, either a flood or an earthquake or something that changed the course of the White River. And left Maddox Bay as an oxbow rather than left, the main channel, left right? Left Maddox yeah. Bay and Indian Bay mm-hmm. and Green Lake and uh, that little string of oxbow lakes, uh, uh, kind of from Clarendon down towards St. Charles mm-hmm. uh, as uh, as Oxbow Lakes. And so so their riverboat traffic dried up. Yeah, then. yeah. And, and fortunately for them, the railroad built a line from Helena to Clarendon right about that time. So they decided to move their little uh, dry goods store uh, five miles up the road from Lawrenceville up to Holly Grove. And uh, they uh, prospered from there. You mentioned 1870 and the years after the Civil War, and certainly speeding up after Reconstruction, we started to see all of the virgin hardwood timber cut out of the Arkansas Delta. Right. Uh, large parts, as you know, of St. Louis, Chicago, where those cities were built with timber that came from Arkansas. Right. So 
you know, I, I, to this day, people have a hard time visualizing, you know, I'll drive them from here to Memphis and say all these giant row crop fields yeah. were once yeah. almost impenetrable hardwood forests. But yes. obviously that took a lot of people because first you had to cut the timber and then drain the land and then turn it into that massive cotton-producing country that it became. So a lot of people were needed for that work. Mm -hmm. Salesmen were needed Mm -hmm. to sell goods to those tenant farmers, sharecroppers. And thus you got, uh, and I want to break this down with you because you know I'm fascinated by by the cultural mix of the Delta. I grew up in southwest Arkansas, where my joke is, my hometown of Arkadelphia, and I'm exaggerating, of course, but I say you're either a white Baptist or you're a black Baptist. You know, there's <laughs> right. not much in between. But in the Delta, uh, you had you had the Jewish population, you had Chinese, you had Italians, you had Lebanese and Syrians. It, mm-hmm. it truly became a melting pot, did it not? It certainly did. Uh, I grew up in the 50s and 60s, and uh, back at that time, Holly Grove was a bustling little cotton mm-hmm. town. And uh, we uh, probably had in excess of a thousand people uh, who lived in town with lots of. Uh, we we had two main streets, and, right. and they were uh, chock full of of uh, retail and commercial establishments. And um, uh, I and to be clear, one was basically the white main street, and one was the black main street. No, Is that right? no actually, in Holly Grove, it was really all, all white. But my memories of the fifties and sixties were that on Saturdays, all of the farmers from the surrounding area right, would come to town. Yeah, and I remember. Remember them driving their uh, mule uh, wagons in there. Some of them have one mule in the wagon, and some have two. But they would uh, uh, drive the wagons in from their farms, and they would uh, uh, furnish up for the next week. Yeah, and it was uh, both black and white. There was, though, as you suggest, a black uh, area of the town. But as I recall, there were few uh, commercial establishments there. Mm-hmm. There were some, but not very many. So there was a lot of, of both blacks and whites in the downtown area uh, doing their shopping and, and so forth. I, I love old photos from that uh, era. Now, now, your ancestors were Jewish immigrants to this country. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. So uh, both uh, Dave and his brother uh, Rudolph came from it was prussia at the time Prussia, i remember you telling me yeah. and i couldn't remember just yeah. Then. At, yeah. the, at the time that their father sent them uh, uh out to uh, america for a better life and uh the original family name was shinajevsky oh wow yeah so in spell that for me right uh, <laughs> I, I can <laughs> it, it it's uh cz okay uh, I, I want to think that uh, i'm uh, somehow related to the uh, coach of the duke basketball yeah, team yeah exactly <laughs> coach k we yes. say for short that, that's yeah. right the uh apocryphal story about uh, how we became Abramsons is that uh, these two young men, when they came to America, they probably did not speak any English. Right. And when they arrived, and we believe that they arrived at the Savannah uh, port, uh, you know, people talk about uh, arriving in Ellis Island, uh, and a lot of, of immigrants did, but we believe that my ancestors arrived at Savannah because we found citizenship papers from Macon, Georgia. Mm. In any any event, we believe that uh, the customs agent, when he was taking down their information, 
like you and I had a hard time understanding and spelling the name Shinachevsky, particularly that started with a C. Right, right. (laughs) And and so uh, our theory is that he said, okay, boys, what what was your dad's name? And they said, Abraham. So they were sons of Abraham. Sons of Abraham. So that's the way we think that it happened. That that makes perfect, (laughs) perfect sense to me. So uh, again, that river, the Mississippi, of course, and its tributaries, the Arkansas, the White here in Arkansas, those were great uh, uh, interstate highways of their era into the interior of the country. And so, as I mentioned, that cultural mix, we saw a lot of people in the Arkansas Delta uh, coming up north from New Orleans, coming down south from Cincinnati, St. Louis, and so forth. Yes. So we believe that my ancestors uh, plied the Mississippi River trade, and so they came down river. And then, down river. Okay. Yeah, and, and then they'd get to the white and went up the, the white, which is how they ended mm-hmm. up in Lawrenceville, uh, Monroe County. Arkansas. But um, yes, uh, the Arkansas Delta had a lot of Jewish immigrants at the time, a lot of Italians, as you, as mm-hmm. you, as you suggested, and a lot of uh, Chinese. Holly Grove had just our one family of, of the Jewish immigrants. But from time to time in my childhood, I remember another Jewish family being there, but they didn't stay too many years. Okay, so your fa- I did not realize that your family was the only yes, Jewish family yes. there in Hollingrove. Uh, and and because I know there was, um, of course, now part of the Delta Cultural Center, but there was a was a thriving synagogue in Helena well, nearby. I was just going to say, uh, so so my uh, ancestors were part of the original founders of the Temple Bethel in Helena, which is now the uh, Bethel Heritage Heritage uh, right uh, Center. Center part and, of the Delta yes, Cultural yes. Center. Yes, and so yep. I grew up, and my father grew up, and his father grew up going to that uh, temple on uh, religious occasions. And uh, so uh, our family was Helena-centric back Mm. at that time. So there was a thriving Jewish population in Helena. In my childhood, going to Sunday school at at the temple in Helena, uh, there were families from Mariana, from Marvel, and from Clarendon that also uh, went went there and had the Jewish presence there. There were a couple of families in Mariana, uh, the O'Mell family, uh, Mm -hmm. and most of them were in retail. Uh, I remember Ronnie O'Mell had Ronnie's stores there, and uh, his brother Steve, and you have a a Little Rock. uh, Buckley Sear, yeah, I was going to say a lot of our listeners will probably know Buckley Buckley O'Mell. Yeah, 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 he, he is the scion of that family. Right. Uh, and uh, in Marvel, uh, the the main Jewish families were the Hirsches and the Davidsons. Then, like I said, in Helena, uh, there are quite a few Jewish families. And sadly, there are literally none left now. There are no Jewish families left in Helena at, wow. at this time. Yeah, I remember when our friend friend David Solomon passed away as uh, Mr. Solomon, who I loved writing about him and went over for his 100th birthday celebration, lived to pass 100. But I, I remember you telling me at that point, you said, basically, 
I guess I'm the last of the old Delta Jewish lawyers yeah, left around. That's exactly right. Kent Rubens, of course, right? was a, a very prominent Jewish Delta lawyer. Uh, Oscar Findler up in Blytheville. Mm. Very well-known yeah, name if yeah. you followed Arkansas right. news through the decades. Right, right. Yeah. And Harold Sharp in Forest City. And uh, that was about the extent of it. And then I was the last of them. I was, you were the young one. The young one. I was <laughs> several years younger than, than any of them. And, uh, and I'm the only one left. Wow. We mentioned also uh, the Chinese. I, I have uh, found it so interesting, uh, that part of the Delta culture. In fact, last year, we were talking about this at lunch recently. My friend John T. Edge, who runs the Southern Foodways Alliance at uh, Ole Miss, called me. He does a show I know a lot of our listeners will be familiar with called True South, which runs on the SEC network. But they go and they kind of focus, they'll focus on two or three restaurants, but that will be part of a larger story about the culture of an interesting Southern community. And he asked me, he said, uh, where would be a good place in Arkansas? And I told him Lake Village, Mm -hmm. because um, Lake Village has a Chinese-American mayor, Joe Danyi. And, uh, of course, John T. was already familiar with Miss Rhoda's Hot Tamales, which are famous there. So, uh, And then uh, a place called Cowboy Steaks, which is inside a pizza restaurant. And, again, Cowboy is Chinese also. So right. it, <laughs> it made for a great show, uh, that Arkansas Delta cultural mix. And, and John T. Edge told me it was the, probably the his favorite of those shows that they did last year but uh, Joe Dan's brother Billy and I worked when I was at Simmons Bank together uh, a lot of people again here in Arkansas because of the heavy advertising she does and all know of his wife Suzanne Yee and she hails from Holly Grove, Grove. that's yeah. what I was going to lead you into yeah. well, well Suzanne uh, is the daughter of Buck and Margaret Wong Okay. Uh, Buck and Margaret had a grocery store right next door to my family's uh, store on Main Street in Holly Grove, and and, uh, they were one of three or four Chinese families, uh, all of whom had grocery stores. The uh, the C2 family uh, had a grocery store on the other side of the the street, and uh, the Lee family also had a grocery store. Of all of those, Sid Lee is the only remaining Mm. uh, uh, Chinese and uh, progeny uh, Uh of that, and he still lives in Holly Grove, and uh, he is a Cracker Jack ace car mechanic there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, part of that just fascinating, fascinating cultural mix. Now, it doesn't come as a surprise to anybody who keeps up with what's going on in Arkansas and that we have now seen decades of population loss um, in that region. Uh, the way I simplify it, and it's simplifying, but it gets to the basis of it when I speak, is I talk about the mechanization of agriculture, and uh, I pull a number out of the air and say, let's you say you owned a cotton plantation in East Arkansas before World War II, and it would have taken you 200 tenant farmers and sharecroppers to raise a crop of cotton because this time of year in the summer they had to be out there chopping cotton by hand right in the fall they were picking cotton by hand right 
And then because of all of the research and development that went into the war effort and affected every segment of the American economy, we got improved seed varieties, we got improved insecticides, we got improved herbicides, and we got the mechanical cotton picker. Yeah, technology has just increased many-fold. So suddenly, what had taken you 200 before you could do with 20 now, as you well know, because you're still involved in some agriculture, I am. I mean, you can farm that same amount of land, I'd say, with two or three people. Exactly that right. That may have once taken 200. That's exactly right. So to, to uh, further your hypothesis, there was a uh, uh, kind of mass exodus of the uh, laboring class mm-hmm. uh, back in the 50s and 60s and continued into the 70s to uh, mostly northern cities, uh, uh, St. Louis, Chicago, Detroit, for factory jobs. That's A right. lot of them jobs went into were uh, went, went into the automotive industry, but there was the diaspora of, of that working class. A lot of them went to Denver. A lot of them went to Los Angeles. Uh, they all come back to Holly Grove on the 4th of July for family celebrations. So that's that's reunion time. It's reunion time, and, and yeah. uh, we have uh, the population of Holly Grove uh, explodes to about 20 times its <laughs> its regular population. So was there a good crowd this 4th of July? Huge, huge crowd. They have that's a, great they to have hear. A, have a parade, and this is all also a, a kind of a late phenomenon. Uh, some of those folks who had moved, whose families had moved up north, have uh, retired, and they're starting a few of them to come back uh, and retire in Holly Grove. Obviously, right. the uh, cost of living is a lot, lot uh, lower exactly. there. Uh, exactly. And, and some of them still have family there. So uh, that, it, it's a good thing. We're not seeing a lot of it, but some of it. One of the things, and I and I used to have to use this a lot the years I was with the Delta Regional Authority, people just say, poor old Delta. And, and what I'd have to explain is the land is more valuable than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. It just takes a lot fewer people. Our farmers truly are the best in the world at what they do Absolutely, uh, in this part of the country. And it takes a lot fewer people And I don't think, uh, you know, if you live in an urban area like here in Little Rock, I I don't think you should be so quick to ride off an area like the Arkansas Delta. As I remind you, the largest segment of the Arkansas economy remains agriculture, and therefore it is crucial to the future of our state. Our our, uh, row crops are uh, better than ever. Obviously, a lot of that agricultural uh, uh, end product is in uh, uh, poultry now, too, mm-hmm. uh, which we don't have a lot of in, in the Delta. But, you know, uh, Arkansas still is the uh, first in uh, rice growing in the nation, grows nearly half of all the rice in the nation. The uh, cotton industry has kind of uh, had peaks and valleys uh, from from the 50s, but cotton is still a very solid part of the agricultural picture in the Delta. J- just as you talked about the mechanical abilities uh, creating efficiencies and technologies creating efficiencies that, that uh, need less people to work, the same phenomenon with cotton gins. Uh, there used to be one or two or three or four cotton mm-hmm. gins in every little town, Holly Grove included. Oh, yeah. And, and my family had one of them. Uh, but uh, now um, I read something in the paper the other day, and I, these numbers aren't exactly accurate, but like as late as 10 to 15 years ago, there were like 130 gins. Oh, yeah. and, and the Delta, and now they're 30. That's right. Yeah. So I, I wrote a column a year or so ago about individual in Fayetteville 
whose project is traveling around Arkansas shooting photos of abandoned cotton gins, and he is planning to put those in a coffee table-sized book, which I think will really be interesting because you can drive, as you know, East Arkansas and see those abandoned gins all over the landscape, dotting the landscape. Well, well, let's uh, tell him to come to Holly Grove, and I'll show him around. (laughs) That sounds great. And and treat him to catfish. Yeah, there you go, which you have done for me. And it it is very... Very well worth the drive yeah. if you get a if you get an invitation from the judge to come to Holly Grove. It's now, the best ever. Now let me break down. Uh, let, let me let me yeah. follow up. You asked me, and I got uh, sidetracked as yes. I am wont to do. Uh, but in my childhood in Holly Grove, the downtown area was bustling. Mm-hmm. Uh, shops and stores and uh, people coming to uh, furnish uh, for the week. And I, I remember on Saturday night there was a movie theater right. there called the Grove Theater, which my dad ran. Oh, uh, wow! Uh, and uh, and we we have some of the remnants of that, which is real interesting. Thing. This is from a child's eyes and a child's perspective, but on Saturday evenings when we would quote unquote go downtown, which mm-hmm. for me was was like two blocks away. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, it was shoulder to shoulder people there. And, wow. And, and uh, in the in my early days in the. 50s and early 60s, there were still people who came in with their mules and wagons for the day to do the shopping and, and the entertainment. They'd go to the movie, a matinee maybe. All the Westerns were popular then. Then in later years, uh, either the retail shop owners uh, scattered away or economic matters uh, prevailed and the downtown commercial area probably in the 70s and certainly into the 80s uh, uh, is where you saw the vacant storefronts and and all of that, which sadly still persists. Mm -hmm. I was going to break down northeast Arkansas versus southeast because the Arkansas Delta obviously is much bigger geographically than the Mississippi Delta, for instance. Northeast Arkansas, I do a cover story for our Sunday Perspective section once a month. Uh, I did it on Mississippi County in June. You've got the explosion of the steel Steel industry, which is great for Arkansas to go along with what is still a very important county for row crop agriculture. Of course, nearby Jonesboro is booming. Paragould is booming. They've kind of grown together. I call it the Jonesboro Paragool Quarter. And then I look at attractions that will bring people in. The tallest building outside of Little Rock now, this trivia question now, is getting people on a regular basis. They're not getting the answer right. They're going to guess Northwest Arkansas. No, it's in West Memphis. It's the new 21-story hotel right, at Southland. Right. That's the tallest building outside of Little Rock in Arkansas. You take that, you take the expanded Sultana Museum for which funds are being raised. Yeah, our friend John Fogelman is running that. Yeah. A- absolutely. You take what's been done with the Johnny Cash Boyhood Home at Dice. Dice. Mm-hmm. You take everything that's being done at Wilson, which is just incredible what Galen Lawrence is doing there. Yes. And then you've got the attempts to do a Cold War museum at, at Acre Air Force Acre Base in Blyville. So you got a real quarter of attractions. So... I think there are a lot of positives in Northeast Arkansas, to me at least, and I, in my columns, as you know, and everything else, I try to take a statewide perspective. It seems to me Southeast Arkansas is a tougher nut to crack, Helena all the way down to Eudora. Do, do you agree with that? A- a- absolutely. Uh, I think you've uh, put it in uh, excellent perspective, exactly how you 
analyzed it there. Uh, Helena, of course, uh, they've been uh, uh, struggling with, uh, with moderate success with uh, various industries and tourist attractions uh, there, and of course with their riverboat heritage, with mm-hmm. their Confederate War heritage, with the uh, Confederate Cemetery there, and some of the attractions that, that they have in Helena. Of course, now uh, recently the Elaine Massacre Monument. Exactly. There. It has been placed just uh, across from the courthouse. Yes, and with, with our uh, friend uh, David Solomon mm-hmm. Jr. leading the the way for for that, but yes, uh, uh, from there south, of course, there's there, there's still kind of the uh, swamp wilderness between Elaine and and uh, the Shea County. Oh, that, that's uh, true. I mean, where the Arkansas River, the White River, and the Mississippi all come together. Converge. You know, it's it's what William Faulkner would refer to as the Big Woods, and it's the largest remaining track of the old big woods, which used to run down both sides of the lower Mississippi River. That is, as you well know, that is still wild country and the only place where our native bear population survived. That's right. All the mountain bears you see were brought in by the Game and Fish Commission. That's exactly right. And uh, the bear hunting industry is not quite uh, 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 mature yet. Yes, Uh, but we were once the bear state. We had so many here. That's right. That's right. Uh, around Holly Grove, and of course we have the White River Refuge and mm-hmm. the, the Cache River uh, Refuge uh, close by there, and, and we still see a lot of bears uh, wandering around through the uh, through the farmlands there. But yeah, you're you're right. Uh, that's a, a, a wonderful um, uh, natural and and animal and plant refuge there. But then you go south from there, and until you get to Lake Village, mm-hmm. uh, there's not much economic activity other than row crop agriculture. Right. Yeah. But, you know, as, as we just mentioned, it's such wild, beautiful country, a lot of that. And I'm really optimistic about the Delta Heritage Trail. The Walton Family Foundation, of course, supplemented state money with a $20 million grant. Another $20 million grant came from the federal government. That's going to be finished now in the next four or five years. And we're hoping that will bring ag tourism and ecotourism. Absolutely. You've got the old railroad bridges over the lower White, over the lower uh, Arkansas River. And because of what the St. Francis Levy District has done, and that was another of my cover stories a few months ago, allowing bikes on all their levees. And as you know, the O'Harahan Bridge in Memphis was redone for bicyclists. When that's completed, and what our friend Robert Moore's done down in Arkansas City, when that is completed, you will be able to go from downtown Memphis to Arkansas City in far southeast Arkansas totally on designated trails. And and I have to think that's going to be a national attraction for cyclists. It, it certainly should be. Probably not in the summer months. In the that's true. Delta. That's true. But, the buggy months, yeah, as we call them in the Delta. Uh, there, uh, right. But but certainly in the spring and fall, and, and really even in the wintertime, because our winters are not nearly as harsh as some of the northern people are accustomed to. But hopefully that will generate businesses and, and attractions uh, uh, up and down the, um, the Mississippi River on the Arkansas side there. Absolutely. And, and it really will. You know, I'm, I'm just, even with the population losses, one of, one of the things that does my heart good, and I'm not just blowing smoke at you, that people who were raised in the region like you continue to keep plugging. I mentioned Robert Moore, who's uh, chairman of the Arkansas Highway Commission. Uh, people like that 
you still have some very strong leaders in this state, as you know, who really love that region. And, and um, I know one of the long-term goals you have is to kind of reactivate the Arkansas Delta uh, Council as kind of a lobbying voice for the entire region. Uh, you and I and some others have been over and visited with everybody at the Mississippi Delta Council. And that's a good model because, as you know, Mississippi Delta Council is a real political power in that state. It, it is, and, and I see no reason why we can't duplicate that in, in Arkansas. As you say, uh, we, we have uh, some terrific uh, leaders, both uh, younger and older, uh, in, in our area, and I think that uh, if we... Uh, work uh, fairly hard and and uh, get some uh, organizational efforts going that uh, because there there are people all through the delta who want to see the delta prosper they do. and they are they are eager to help in any way and uh, I think uh, just having some uh, a little bit of leadership to uh, establish an organization that would uh, uh, allow everyone to come together under a common uh, uh, cause and a common banner would go a long ways toward helping us have a, 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 a group like the Mississippi Delta Council, which uh, present day, in its present day iteration is is quite a power economically, uh, culturally, politically, and I see that in our future there, and, and I, I hope to uh, further that goal here in the coming years with, with your help. You know, I tend to be a glass half full guy, and I have to believe that the tremendous success, and I mentioned the steel industry in Mississippi County. Of course, first we saw Nucor and Nucor Yamato, two separate plants in the Blyville area, and then Great Lakes, and then Great Lakes is bought by U.S. Steel and expanded. Now U.S. Steel is uh, beginning construction on what is said to be the most modern steel-making plant ever built in the world, and it's going to be in the Arkansas Delta. So you've got four major steel plants. The leading steel-producing county in the country is in Arkansas. Most people wouldn't get wow. that question around yeah, the country, for sure. but it's now in Arkansas. I have to think that success can send a message long-term, perhaps, to other businesses around the country that it is a good place to do business. Yeah. And uh, just going on down the river in Helena, mm -hmm. uh, they've been developing the port area there for a number of years, and I think it's just a matter of time until uh, they click and find the right business Something partner big there. there yeah. I don't know that it'll be steel. It might be an automotive plant, mm -hmm. uh, something like that, and that will, again, uh, spur further development. Uh, but these are the sorts of things that I think take uh, a more uh, comprehensive and group effort to accomplish. And that's why I believe that uh, an organization that encompasses all of the uh, Delta counties with some common leadership, some common vision, a common mission, uh, would help to uh, lead our area to a lot of progress economically, culturally, uh, and, and in many, many ways. 
if we can get past this dadgum pandemic, which has messed up so yes, many lives has. for two over two years now, I know you're planning a, a big anniversary celebration for your family businesses there, and I'm really looking forward to that, I want you to know. Well, thank you so much. We, we really are. Uh, my uh, family company, our Abramson Company, as we talked about at the beginning of this show, was established in 1870, and so in the year 2020, we celebrated our 150th anniversary. We, we have had planned to have a big uh, a big in celebration 2020, right. in 2020 in April of 2020 and the pandemic hit in March and so we had to postpone it and uh, now we're hoping to uh, to to get back to that and do it hopefully this fall uh, uh, stay tuned for further details as they say gotcha judge Abramson thank you thanks for all you do for our state oh my my pleasure and I, I uh, return the compliment to you uh, uh, you are uh, such a treasure for our state and uh, you're honored and revered everywhere you go. And, you're too and, kind. And, and uh, uh, we appreciate your leadership and particularly your uh, wonderful columns. Oh, thank you. Well, go Delta. Thank you for joining us. I'm Rex Nelson of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. This has been the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette.